so grateful, so thankful to consciously join together in gratitude, in love. We're grateful and thankful to open ourselves to the higher Holy Spirit self, to the divine guidance, the insight, the clarity, the wisdom. We're invoking the violet flame to soak and saturate every aspect of our being and we see the the earth and all the beings, all the kingdoms, every aspect of life on earth in the center of our virtual circle. We blaze, blaze, blaze the violet flame in through and around every particle of life on this sweet earth, calling forth more peace, more love, more joy for all of us, for all life, for all beings. We're opening ourselves to healing at all levels. We are joining together in a divine dialogue for the purpose of liberating from all false perceptions and beliefs, all projections, and we are joining together to have the courage to stand in the light of truth. We share the benefits with all beings. We let the healing be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes. Yeah. All right, so let's see here. I forgot to mute everybody else. that now. All right. So uh, I'd like to start by just making a couple of announcements. And one is that you've gotten an email about our meeting this Sunday, an all MLC meeting. And we're going to talk about things that uh, are potentially in the future of the ministry. And I'd like to give people's feedback, their input, and uh, have a collective conversation. And so that is at 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 Pacific. And um, it'll be 8.30 UK. And then uh, the following Sunday at approximately the same time, we're going to have a meeting with Masterful Living Year One peeps and uh, the facilitators of the Mastery Circles so that the Year One peeps can ask the facilitators questions and learn and discern whether or not they would like to be a mastery circle leader next year and anyone who would like to participate in that meeting is welcome so current mastery circle facilitators i know linda contacted people about that and uh yeah and then i sent out an email yesterday about having us read this book the seven sacred flames and I'm just curious, how many of you have already read it? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I hope you will um, 
find it as powerful and helpful as I have. And uh, Carla, you, you read that book some years ago. And just would you like to say a, a sentence or two for people about your how you feel about it? I thought it was very, I mean, extremely helpful. I don't think at the time I understood it fully, everything it was saying, but I do feel this, it doesn't matter if I understand it all. I, I'm just, it's the willingness to be open to what it shares with me. You know, and I do, there's several practices and I, I do feel that getting the whole book was overwhelming to me. I really tried to do that, but I pared it down to a couple things that I felt very comfortable with and they were so helpful. Doing those, repeating those over and over were I mean, that's what the Course does. It, it says the same thing in different ways many times to help our, us shift our mind. And so, I don't know, I, I just, I, I haven't read it in the last couple of years, but um, I know when I'm ready again, I'll pick it up. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Carla. Yeah, there, there are things that uh, this book helped me to have more clarity about from the course and um, it's quite different from the course but you'll see you'll see and uh, uh, I encourage you to take a look it's not required nothing is mandatory here all right so what I would what I feel guided for us today is to do this exercise that I did last week in year one, and I did it last night in year two. Uh, so it's a writing exercise, similar, a little bit similar to one we've done before, but it's, it's going on this work of really looking at the lack and limitation thinking. So you will need pen and paper to do this. How many of you, I know Carla did it last night. How many of you have done this already? Great. So uh, pen and paper is what you'll need. Laurel, who did this with the year one folks, Laurel, who's in year two, she said that it's the most powerful exercise she's done in Masterful Living, one we're about to do. And it's similar to um, when we were looking in the summertime at the statements of want and need and transforming them into I'd like statements. So, but it's a, there's a twist on it um, yeah, with the, new insights that people would have if you did the Lynn Twist work. If you didn't, you'll still get plenty out of it. 
but it's so helpful. It's been so helpful in my life to have a clear awareness of the ways in which I am energizing lack and limitation, many of which are hidden in the mind. And so this is to bring them out, expose them to the light. So uh, like a monster under the bed, they can be exposed as the nothing that they are. All right. So we're going to begin with, uh, so there's going to be a bunch of writing here. And uh, the first statement is, and I can put them all in the chat for you here. Um, So the first statement here is, what I really lack in my life is, and then fill in the blank. And then you'll write, after that initial statement, write, I lack and fill in the blank. And and I get that there's a resistance to affirm these things, but we're doing it just to explore, is there any of this thinking in our consciousness? So what I really lack in my life is fill in the blank, and then I lack a few lack statements there for you. Thank you. 
All right, the next statement here is what I crave is, and then I crave. So what I crave is, and fill in the blank, and then I crave. So the next one here is what I need is, and then I need.
The next one is, I feel limited because. I feel limited because. And the next one is, what I've never had is, fill in the blank, what I've never had is, and then I've never had.
And the next one is what I fear is, and then I fear. What I fear is, and then I fear. And the last one is what I want is, and then I want. What I want is, and then I want.
So finishing up, we'll go to the next step. So we're going to go into a breakout here, and we're going to do things a little bit different. So in the breakout, you'll go one at a time, and you'll just do the first couple of statements, like the first two about lack. And one person will read their statements and then turn them into statements of either I'd like or the deep desire of my heart or both. So let's say I lack courage to, I lack the courage or what I lack is the courage to make a change. And then I'd like to make a change. The deep desire of my heart is to make a change. And so you'll, one person will do all of their statements. The first section of what I lack is, and then I lack and do that transformation. And then the next person will do theirs and the next person will do theirs. And then you go to the next set of what I crave is and do the same thing. Each person does the crave statements and then the need statements and like that. Does that make sense? Okay, great. Any questions? Here we go. So, aha. Insights, revelations, breakthroughs. Yes. <laughs> Sue. <laughs> Hello. Who's that on the phone? Go ahead, Sue. Yes. Well, okay. Um, what I came to was what what I the deep desire of my heart is to experience oneness with God. And what I am realizing is I, I don't have enough tolerance for silence. And, um, and I was remembering going to a Vipassana, a 10-day Vipassana retreat, and how long it took for my mind to really settle down into silence and um, you know that and even though I don't have I don't feel that I don't get to the silence there's still a benefit from just sitting and watching my thoughts um, so <laughs> that was my realization you know, that I'm not patient enough with the process of uh, meditation. Hmm. You know, Venerable uses a metaphor, Sue, that uh, I have found helpful. She talks about it like, she, she often uses the metaphor of the mind like the surface of a lake. And that the ideal is that our mind would be like the pristine, clear, motionless surface of a lake. And that 
these thoughts will arise like a bubble coming up from the bottom that will break on the surface of the mind. And so I do think of meditation or contemplation as an opportunity for those bubbles to arise and break on the surface of the mind. So the thought comes up, oh, I have a belief that I'll never have happiness, let's say. And then once we have that awareness, we can do something. I remember mm-hmm. when I was about 26 years old or so, having <laughs> the awareness, excuse me, that I had this deep self-hatred. And that awareness was shocking to me, but it was so, so helpful to me because now I could address it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, Sue. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So you can just mute your own phone there. And who else? Breakdowns, breakthroughs, Tammy. What I realize is that almost all of these that I wrote down are are not near as significant as they were, say, at the beginning of Masterful Living One. Yeah. And how does that feel? Awesome. <laughs> good. I mean, things are so just for me. I'm, you know, I used to feel like a yo-yo. Now I feel like a spinning top. You know, cool. It's amazing. I am. I stand corrected that it can never happen. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh, isn't that a wonderful feeling to stand corrected about that? Carla was raising her hand. Carla? Well, I was just going to echo a little bit on what she was saying. There's, they're almost like echoes or just a pattern of stuff that I've told myself so long that I'm actually shifting it's not it's like not even true but yet i've done it for so long i'm still doing it sometimes i'm not always catching it but i felt like i had to really reach that when i did it felt old you know yeah yeah, it's habitual. It's like um, the way we 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 get into a way of doing something, like brushing our hair or brushing our teeth, and we just do it habitually. We don't think about it. We don't even recognize we're doing it. Uh huh. Patricia. Oh, um, what I what I noticed that there was a theme through what I was writing. Mm. 
it kept coming up and coming up in different ways, but it's still the theme. And at the end, I realized that when I'm not doing my spiritual practice, this is how it goes, that um, then I start feeling unloved and unappreciated and and scared and and all those things come up. But when I'm doing my meditation every day in my journaling, then I don't have that. So, um, yeah, and I have all kinds of excuses why. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. back back to my spiritual practice I go. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Patricia. You're welcome. Else, breakdowns, breakthroughs. Aha, insights. I'm curious, what did people have for um, what I've never had is? you're unmuted um what i've never had is um complete god contact Mm. yeah thank you tammy I gotcha. No, I don't. Dang, why doesn't it work? Can't do it. Can't do it, Tammy. Can't do it. Can't do it. Um, The first thing I wrote was, what I never had is my dad as I would have him. Yep. Consistency was the other thing. Right. That's getting better. Right. Thank you. I saw Sally reaching for the... Oh, I'll let you do it. Um, yeah, I ended up writing enough, which on... Um, yeah, that was, um, helpful, um, exercise, the, the feeling limited and what I've never had. And it kind of, the enough, you know, uh, came from, uh, the never being good enough in my fam, you know, my father. Um, but also just enough, you know, connection with God, enough faith, enough, uh, enough um motivation uh, ability to you know do what needed to be done even when i didn't feel like it enough and 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 of course getting back to deep desire of my heart just being loving healing presence it's enough yeah 
so it's very understandable what anyone feel. I've never had enough of anything. And is it true? Because we feel one way, but is it actually true? Because sometimes we feel unsafe, but we're in a safe environment, right? Sometimes we feel that we're not good enough, but we definitely are. So recognizing that distinction in how I feel and what I think and what's true has been helpful to me, very helpful to me. And so I've learned that if I don't like the feeling, one of the tools I have is to say, so what is the thought that I'm thinking that's bringing me that feeling? And is that thought true? Which you all know, because I've been saying it all constantly for years, but it really just taking that time to examine, is this thought true? Is it valid? Because sometimes, so often, especially when we're first starting out doing this work, we just accept it all as true. I, I mean, I couldn't begin to count the number of times I've worked with a counseling client and I've just said something like, well, is that actually true? And the look on their face, like, what? What do you mean? And I say, well, just let's look at it objectively. Is it actually true? And pretty quickly they get to, no, it's not true at all. So how is, how, how is it, how do we feel now that we know it's not true? And why are we accepting things that aren't true? Just accepting them as true when without looking too long or too deep, we can see not true. Why would we, yeah, Tammy, why would we prefer to believe something that's not true than the truth? Because something I heard you say one time is planting the seed of doubt is vicious. And that's the very reason it's, it's vicious is because once you get that seed of doubt in you, it, it's vicious to overcome. It's, you know, whether it came from your own mind or if it feels like somebody else was, you know, planting that within you. That's right there. Ever since you said that, I have been so careful not to try to be, I mean, try not to make anyone think that I doubt them in any way. Right. That's because. Rosalind. Uh, yeah, I want to follow this doubt because I, um, in the set, because I have something to say about trust. Um, uh, in the section of I feel limited, I ended up with some insights. I started out with uh, I feel limited because I get in my own way. I feel limited because I don't match my behavior with my integrity. Uh, I then I said 
I think um, I feel limited because I've been thinking that I need to write Melissa's book myself. That like changed everything. Of course, I don't trust when I think I need to write the book. And then that totally opened me. Um, and then I feel limited because I don't always listen to guidance. The contrast when with when I'm listening to guidance, I'm on fire, I'm in trust, I'm in alignment, I'm not second guessing, I'm not in my own way. Everything matches up with my integrity. So it really comes down to trust and listening for me. That's it. That's beautiful. What difference do you feel that's going to make in your life? Um, any, it, it, it's enormous because I've had this insight before. By I think I was listening to Richard Rohr on something. He's a Enneagram teacher as well as um, a wonderful Catholic priest. And I don't remember why I was listening to him. He's not on my regular uh, listening um, channels. But he was saying he gets anxious when he has to speak in big public arenas when he thinks he's doing it himself. And so I've had that before, but I forget it. But what I'm noticing today is that anxiety goes up and my fears go up when I'm thinking um, I need to do it myself. For example, the way... The way I lack trust is I, my ego thinks, well, I should have been writing more already. And just the other day, I opened up something that Spirit told me to buy uh, almost a year ago. It was like right after Melissa passed, which was January. And, the, and Spirit told me to buy Judy Bloom's uh, teaching on writing. And they said, you don't need any tools for how to write except by Judy Blooms. And I thought, okay, I'll buy a children's author. You know, okay, I'll do it. And I bought it, but I never really looked at it. And then I second guessed, should I have been reading that? Should I have been, you know, following? It made no sense. I could see it would have made no sense until when I opened it the other day. And it's perfection. Everything she says is what I need. It had so much guidance in there. I was blown away, including things like you don't need to know the theme of your book. Because, I mean, sometimes I go to, is it on grief? Is it on this? I don't really want to be a teacher. I only want to tell my story. You know, what? then she says things like if it, if it serves the story or the character, it stays in. If it doesn't, it goes out. Specific guidelines on what to put in and what to take out. I mean, but the timing was perfect. And yet these are the things I second guess when I get in my own way. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's sad that aspect of the ego that just needs to be right, thinks it knows everything. It needs to push. It's so, mine is so pushy. 
like I should have gotten all of this done. I should have listened to Judy Bloom. Why should I have listened to her before? What, why, like, is it true? You know, like, like you say, like, what makes me say I should have done that? And then she says, read, read, read. And I've been reading, I've read more novels this year than any time in my whole life. And she says, read, read, read. Who, because you hear how other voices are spoken. And you're taking in different writing styles without even knowing it by by being involved in the books. And the books have all been picked out for me, but I didn't know why I was reading novels. Anyway, that's enough. That's wonderful. Yeah. So often people ask me, well, how are you going to do that? Uh, you know, or how's that going to work? Or what are you going to do about this or that? And I just say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's not been revealed yet. I don't know. Yeah, and I love that place. And sometimes I slip out of that place. And so that's the place I, I now have the guidance that, oops, that's where I need to just step back on, on track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's such a comfy, cozy place. Mm -hmm. once you get used to it but it does require trust mm -hmm. <coughs> but you know it's kind of like the pain train once you realize how it is and associate it to a lack of trust to what that feels like then you have some more motivation like not going on the pain train not going on the fear train or the second guessing train or the anxiety train or doing it alone train you know oh it's, yeah yeah. 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 Yes, there's lots of trains to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> One lady minute. Oh, that's a good title for a book. <laughs> <laughs> Last night in class in year two class we're talking about ways to talk to the ego. And um you know, you really can, I, I mean, for me, I just would have, I take a, I like to have a sense of humor about things, you know, so I'd say, oh, talk to the hand, talk to the hand. Uh, you think you know, but you do not know. You've proven that you do not know. Why are you still talking? <laughs> yeah. Not listening anymore. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Go to your room now. <laughs> you can write your own book. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts? Any decisions? Any decisions that you're making as a result of this today? Patricia. I can't, let me see. Oh, I don't know why I can't unmute you. I just can't do it. So I had a couple thoughts when Tammy said that the seed of doubt is so vicious. And then one of my things was that I never had a close relationship with my mother. And, well, she's deceased, so how do you have, how does that come about? But then I thought, that seed of doubt was planted by her 
her own insecurity, her lack of faith in what how her abilities and what great woman she was. But she didn't, and I'm always looking for acknowledgement from other people. And I think it goes all the way back to my mother. So I think that I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write, I've, I've written a forgiveness letter, but I'm going to write another one. And I'm really going to journal about this whole thing because I remember many years ago when I was doing counseling and I had asked, you know, something and I heard doubt. That was a huge and I never did anything with it. I just go, hmm, you know. And so, yeah, I, I'm I'm ready to do this deep work about about doubt and my relationship that I had with my mother, and still have in my head. <laughs> yeah, and it's never too late to have a good relationship with someone. It just is not, and. We can ask the Holy Spirit to remove all the consequences of our wrong decisions, as we know. And for me, one of—I didn't see it until quite a while after my mom passed, and we had resolved everything. But one of the reasons why I um, was struggling in my relationship with my mom for so long was. I, one of the things I knew, which was I was mad at her for letting me speak to her unkindly. That made me mad that she didn't have that boundary. Like I would keep pushing against her to get the boundary, and it wasn't there, you know. And and I wanted to know her self-esteem would not tolerate that, you know, but I never got that. And um, And... Fortunately, I lost the interest in speaking to her unkindly. Um, and um, the other thing was, though, that I didn't see until after she passed, which was that I felt guilty for um, not really loving her, not really appreciating her uh, for a lot, a lot of years, not and just blaming her and like children do, mm -hmm. you know? And so I felt guilty for a lot of things, which, but I just didn't see the guilt until after she passed. I'm sure other people could have seen it, but I didn't see it. And, um, and it was healed by the time I saw it. I didn't have it anymore because we had had that amazing transformation. But I, I don't think it's ever too late to have all of that healing. It's just, a, it really is our willingness, our decision, and we give the Holy Spirit that energy. And it's so worth doing because it does, like you're saying, you talk with her all the time. Uh, is it a happy conversation? Patricia? Oh, she's having trouble with her computer, so her computer froze. Um, but it'll be on the recording because... Oh. Um, can you hear me, Patricia? I can hear you. Oh, okay. So um, you're, you're, you said you have an ongoing conversation with your mom. 
is what's the the tone of it not hearing you um but that that uh it's usually angry can you hear me yes no <laughs> yeah it's angry so underneath that anger is the fear okay the fear is the hurt so addressing that hurt and really giving it to the holy spirit okay really really give it to the holy spirit for healing and just because your mom is not walking the earth doesn't mean she's not available for relationship okay because we're as the quantum scientists say we're a non-localized event you know <laughs> yes and uh carla So that's very, this is all important because I just got back from my mother and I feel, and she repeats herself. She's in this form. Doesn't seem like she's available. But I can, but what dawned me is it, cause you just said that they don't have to be here in form. You can start. So even if she is, even if she isn't available in the form, I can still talk to her higher self, right? Yes. Absolutely. And her higher self will hear. And and one of the ways that I, I do that is I call to the the guides and the angels to my higher self and their higher self and I say I'd like to have a meeting with the higher self of this person and in, in the fifth dimension, you know, up above the world of form, in the world of mind, where there's only truth, no beliefs. I'd like to have a conversation in that energy. And I, I've never felt that it wasn't fully received. Now, I believe it's possible, or I, my understanding is, that it's possible that someone might not receive it in a personality level, but their, their soul receives it for sure. And it's a great way to have a conversation with someone that um, you're having difficulty with in form. And you all will remember the story of where I, I had that whole release around my dad. And then I asked the angels to show me that my dad had felt the same release and the first and the next thing he said to me was i just want you to know all that's in the past it's over i couldn't have been more clear could not have been more clear rosalind uh yes i also had in the past uh an unsatisfactory relationship with a critical mother and what really helped me, because I didn't know how to do the spiritual work with her at the time, what helped me was to be very clear and make a list of what I wished I had heard and what I am still wanting to hear and to affirm myself and start, start having those conversations where I told myself the things I wished 
I had heard. And just that kind of affirmation was so touching to me. And it developed my caring presence for myself. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. That is a wonderful idea. I can see how powerful that is. I know it's time, but I just want to say thank you to Carla and Patricia and Rosalind about this mom thing because something came up during our breakout, which connected me to her as well in a little bit of a dilemma. So that's very helpful. Thank you. Wonderful. Uh, and I want to say thanks to everyone who had the meeting after class last time. I have, Rosalind, your notes for the survey. I am going to be sending that survey out, and um, and we'll get that clarity. And thank you. You know, I didn't get the um, memo for the time of the Sunday meeting. You might have said it in the beginning of the hour. What time is it, Eastern time? 4.30. 4.30, thank you. Yes, and I'm sending out another email today about that. All right, let's pray. So beautiful. So grateful and so thankful for the love that shines in our hearts and in our minds. So grateful and so thankful for the peace of God, the love of God, the joy of God that is omnipresent, omnipotent. We are grateful and thankful for the infinite intelligence that leads us and guides us more peace, more love, more joy, more freedom. So grateful, so thankful to consciously attune to our wholeness, revealing itself mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, etherically. We are having a healing. We are grateful and thankful to let free all false beliefs. So grateful to forgive whatever has been unforgiven. We are grateful to let the past go. We share the benefits with all beings and we let the healing be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Mwah. Happy Halloween. Mm.